0: Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview, I'm Sean Aylmer. As consumer sentiment slides, the pressure is now on brands to maintain the relationship with their customers, to either keep them spending or to make sure they come back when better times return. It emphasizes the importance of trust. And when you look at companies like Qantas, for example, which has been battling with delayed or canceled flights and long wait times for customer services, or construction businesses going under in the wake of the pandemic, it's really easy to see how trust can be damaged. Lyndall Spooner is the founder and director of Fifth Dimension, a strategic research firm that's worked with some of Australia's biggest companies like Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, Coles and Telstra. Lyndall, welcome back to Fear and Greed.
1: Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me back.
0: So, up front, I was going to ask you why trust is so important. I kind of get that. What's happened to trust in the past couple of years? Has it changed? Has it become more relevant, less relevant during those COVID years?
1: I don't think trust has really changed and I think trust has always been relevant, but we don't think of trust probably in the right way. So when we think of trust, we have this we have this perception that you really need trust and you need to be a trusted brand if you're going to be successful and certainly that you need trust if you want loyal customers. But if we think about a lot of the really big brands in the world, the leading brands, a lot of those brands are regularly rated as being distrusted by the the customers who are even buying from them. And that's because there's two things that we know about trust. So there's two types of trust and there are two types of brand loyalty. So the first type of trust is all built around the brand's capability. So what are the products and the services that the brand offers and how well those products or services meet our needs? Now that is what drives us to have financial trust in a company. So if we think their products and services are really good for us, we'll go and buy them. The second type of trust is called brand character. And that's what we think about the company and the motivation of the company. So is that an honest company? Is that a company that's trying to do something, you know, bigger and have a more positive impact on society? So that type of brand character drives what we call relationship trust. Now, Both of these types of trust are still really important. They're still fundamental. But at various points in time, we might have more financial trust in a company but not necessarily relationship trust in a company. And that's why we can often buy from companies that we don't trust and why some of the biggest growing companies are rated as distrusted.
0: Okay. In terms of loyalty then, Presumably, if you have financial and/or a company has financial and relationship trust with their customers, those customers are going to be pretty loyal.
1: That's right. If you have both, then you have the strongest form of loyalty. So, if I only have financial trust with a brand, then I could be what's called a captured customer. And I might only be loyal to that brand because that brand is offering the best product in the market. But the minute something else comes along, I might switch. You'll jump. Yeah. But if I have both the financial trust and the relationship trust, the difference is I not only like the product that I'm buying, but I like the company and I really want that company to succeed and I like being a a customer of that company. So it's a very different relationship because I choose to stay with that company, whereas when it's only financially driven, I'm kind of forced to stay with them. So true loyalty is when you have both forms of trust.
0: So I had an experience in the last week, Linda, I'm just going to talk about myself for a while here, don't mind me, no, um, um, where I bought a bed and I actually bought the base of the bed and I thought I was buying the mattress and I called it the bed and the sales agent, and it's, it's a large well-known brand, mm-hmm. the sales agent said, great, I paid. It was delivered and what I got was the base of a bed plus a bed like the wooden frame of a bed and I rang them I said I want a mattress I need the mattress on top of the base and they said but you asked for a bed and I was really annoyed with them like really frustrated and you know ready to go social media on them anyway literally uh, in the last 24 hours I returned the bed the guys at the warehouse were great gave me a refund there said look save you and you know do you remember what mattress you want i didn't i went to the shop they said look we're not going to charge you the extra money for the mattress you know that's just you might have said the wrong thing but really we should have picked it up etc i will follow these guys forever now i'm going to do all my household shopping from there it's a long story but what i found interesting was i went from really disliking this company but because they treated me well i just thought oh actually i'm going to start recommending them like it's amazing how quickly they can turn you almost
1: that's right. And so you've had such a great customer experience with them where you feel like they've obviously solved your problem, but gone out of their way, you know, in a way that they didn't necessarily have to do, mind you. Sounds a little bit dodgy in the beginning, but anyway, let's just not worry about that. <laughs> but that, that's the whole point about resolving customers' problems. So there's a lot of research that's been done that says, if you just look after a customer normally and you you do everything that's expected, that customer might think, yeah, you're okay. You know, I'm reasonably happy, but I'm not necessarily, you know, in love with your company or, you know, overly wanting to support your company. But the minute that you solve problems for someone, you can actually drive higher levels of engagement than if the problem had never occurred. Yeah. So problems are really great opportunities for brands to really show that you know, beyond the normal, they really do care, they are willing to you know do what it takes to make their customers happy. And if a brand will demonstrate that, then that is worth being loyal to, as opposed to a brand that just does what's expected.
0: Stay with me, Lyndall, we'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Lyndall Spooner, founder and director of research firm Fifth Dimension. Okay, I want to talk about Qantas. I mentioned them in the intro. Now, obviously we've all seen lines at airports, which is part Qantas issue, part the airport issue. They're separate companies of course. I mean, Melbourne Airport, Sydney Airport don't own Qantas. they all sorts of issues around cancelled flights with Qantas, lost baggage. Some of this isn't their fault though. So, it's easy to pick on Qantas or any of the airlines, but this is actually a global phenomenon and it is all about staff retraining people retraining how to use airports, et cetera. It it doesn't help Qantas much, though, and it does seem to have lost some of that trust people had in it.
1: Yes. I think that there, there certainly are no shortage of stories of poor customer experiences right now. But Qantas is a brand that historically, if we think back about, you know, the Qantas, say, before the last couple of months, it's a brand that I would say has had true levels of loyalty. Yep. So, if we think about the two traits of trust and the two types of loyalty, we probably would have all agreed. We'd say, you know what, they're pretty good on capability. So, you know, if we go pre-COVID, we would have said great on safety, you know, really good on reliability. And we probably would have said very strong character. We think that, you know, Qantas is a brand that is trying to do the right thing. They are supporting, you know, the community and giving back and very good at building that storytelling over time. Yeah. So, yes, right now there's, they're in a, a little bit of a world of pain and, as you said, for lots of reasons, some of the things that they can control, some things they can't, but you would expect that that situation will resolve itself. And because they've had such strong customer loyalty in the past and that's built up over years, that relationship side and the belief in the capability, I think that the majority of us probably really want Qantas to fix these problems yep. and we want the brand to get back to where it was. So, therefore, I think we'll be quite forgiving. I think consumers will be quite forgiving of the current problems at the moment because we just want the old Qantas back. And, you know, what? in six months from now there will probably be a new brand ad. Yep. We'll all sit down, we'll watch it and we'll cry as we watch it and we'll think, oh, they're back. So I I don't think it's something that's going to impact them long-term.
0: Okay. So that's a specific, I mean, it's a dominant player in its market. If we shift to the construction sector, we've had a number of instances lately of companies going into administration, hurt by supply chain problems, often rising prices, the fixed price contracts, that type of thing. How does an industry improve its reputation, its trust, its loyalty?
1: Yeah, you had to you had to mention construction, didn't you? I mean, this is this is just a there's a cluster of things going on in the in the construction sector. Yeah. Again, if we keep going back to those elements of trust, there's as you said, there's lots of things that's been happening in the construction industry, and it's a really difficult industry for people to understand. So trust is all about being able to put yourself in a situation where you're vulnerable. So ideally you're in a vulnerable situation but somehow you trust in the capability or the character of, you know, the company that they're going to look after you. They can do what they say and they're going to do it in a way that's not going to try and rip you off. Unfortunately for the construction industry, I think a lot of people look at it and go, "I have no idea. I have no idea if this builder is going to be able to deliver on what they say they're going to promise and I have no idea if they're going to try and rip me off." Because even, you know, there's so many stories of people who've put themselves in that situation. It hasn't turned out. And then what is the consequence? You end up in, you know, some horrible situation of litigation where you don't even know if you're even going to get your money back because, you know, we all kind of fear in the back of our minds that maybe this builder is probably going to try and get out of any sort of, you know, compensation by just going and making themselves bankrupt and then go and start another business, you know, a year or two later. So, I think as an industry, for, for any industry, you've got to be able to give people some sort of recourse that, yes, I can put myself in a certain level of a vulnerable situation, but when it's a very high-risk situation like construction, and I mean high risk because it's a very big financial impact for people, yep. I mean, I could take a risk on you know, the latest flavor of a Tim Tam and it may not work out, but that's okay. That's yep. that's not yep. a big financial risk. This is huge. This is people's life savings. And there's no, there is no proper safeguards around that. So I think there needs to be, you know, better regulation that's going to hold builders to account or at least some sort of proof that they can deliver on the, the products and services that they're offering. And if things go wrong because of that financial impact that there is a proper process and recourse for consumers because at the moment it's just too much of a risk
0: yeah 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 no i understand it are there some sectors or some brands that are just really good at trust do you think
1: i think that there's there's a lot of variability so you know when it when it comes to if we go back to economic trust and the relationship trust there's a lot of new companies that are really good at winning the economic trust. So lots of new brands that come on the market, they're really innovative. You know, we might see them come up in our social media feeds or various ways that we get introduced to them. And you know what? We're pretty quick to take up those brands. So we're really quick to sort of just buy from these brands. We've never really heard of them before, but somehow inherently we trust that they'll deliver the products and services. What takes longer is to build that relationship side. So, again, we might be buying from brands we don't know, but we haven't built that relationship trust with them. It does take a couple of years, and you do need to get to know the company, and you need to, you know, believe that that company is not deceitful, that they're, you know, honest and they're good, and they're trying to have a bigger impact on society. I think it's really hard for an entire industry to be seen that way. I mean. You know, we can point to financial services and we can go, oh, geez, they've had a lot of problems, aged care, you know, churches, politicians, so many different industries and different types of scandals. Even if you think about data companies and what Mm -hmm. companies have been doing with our data, you have to kind of find the one brand in different industries that's going to be able to talk about how they're a little bit different, about how they've got a bigger purpose and a bigger vision so I I wouldn't say that there are industries that are doing it blanketly well. You know, I mean, we've talked about Qantas. I would say that they are a company that have done it very well. If we were, if we were doing this interview, you know, 12 months ago, we would put them up as a shining star. Yeah. So people had very high levels of trust in them and they weren't flying. So I would say 12 months from now, we'd probably say they are amazing. And they'll probably bounce back because of what they had built up in the past. You know, and we and again, you need customers to want you to succeed. So if if you were to put say Google or Facebook in a position where something happened and there was an outage and we didn't we didn't have to use those products and services and we tried something else, chances are that once we found something else, we probably wouldn't care if they went down, or we might even be cheering if that went down.
0: <laughs> we wouldn't necessarily
1: want them to be going back. To be successful. So any brand that achieves that, where a consumer is saying, you know, they're on your side and they're going, Come on, I want you to come back yep. to where you were. That's a brand that's been really successful in building trust because that trust is going to work for you through the hard times to get you back to where you were.
0: Lindell, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That was Lyndall Spooner, founder and director of strategic research firm Fifth Dimension. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.